Welcome to episode 182 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Why, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Friends, I have a story for you. I recently got septoplasty to fix my deviated septum so that I could breathe better. And in the recovery period, you're not supposed to wear glasses. Oh my goodness. I cannot tell you how much I realized how much I adore and need and love Blue Blocks blue light blocking glasses. I'd been wearing them every single night of my life until I got that surgery. Guys, you need these in your life. In today's world, we are way overexposed to blue light. While blue light is energizing, we're not supposed to be seeing it 24 seven. It can raise cortisol, stress levels, create tension and headaches, disrupt your sleep, and so much more. Of course, there are a lot of quote, blue light blocking glasses on the market these days. Andy Mant, the founder of Blue Blocks, he personally realized how incredible blue light blocking glasses were for him personally. So then he did something crazy and actually tested all of the brands on the market to see if they actually were blocking blue light like they said they were. They weren't really. That's why he took things into his own hands to create glasses that would block the blue light you need to be blocking to truly have the healthiest relationship possible with light. That's also why he made blue light blocking glasses in a lot of different versions. They have clear computer glasses that you can wear all day while looking at the computer. They have their summer glow lens that block the draining form of blue light while still allowing in some of the energizing wavelengths. They're also tinted with a special yellow color scientifically shown to boost mood. And of course they have their sleep plus lens. You can put those on at bed and it's just like, bam, tired. At least that's the way it works for me because actually blue light can block melatonin production, which helps us naturally fall asleep. Also get their sleep remedy mask. Oh my goodness. I use it every single night. It gives you complete blackout while still putting no pressure on your eyes. Like you wear it and you can open your eyes completely and it's completely black. It's kind of mind blowing. In case you're wondering, I'm still not supposed to be wearing glasses, but I ordered this weird contraption head thing to hold the glasses over my eyes um, because I just really need the blue light blocking glasses in my life. These glasses also come in a huge array of styles. So you don't have to feel like a weirdo biohacker like me. You can really get any style or frame to fit your personal style. You can shop with us at blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use the code IFPODCAST to get 15% off. Something else amazing, for every pair of glasses you buy, Blue Blocks donates a pair of glasses to someone in need. The glasses can also come in prescription made to order. Again, that's blueblocks.com with the coupon code IFPODCAST for 15% off. And one more thing before we jump in, are you fasting clean inside and out? Did you know that what you put on your skin gets direct access to your bloodstream and in your body can do a lot of detrimental things? So while you may be fasting clean, you may at the same time be infusing your body with endocrine disruptors, which can mess with your hormones, obesogens, meaning they literally cause your body to store and gain weight, and even carcinogens. In Europe, they've banned thousands of these compounds found in conventional skincare and makeup, and the U.S. has banned less than 10. In fact, most conventional lipstick, for example, is high in lead, and the half-life of lead in the body can be up to 30 years. That means every time you put on some lipstick, you might be putting some lead into your bones, which might not leave for three decades. This is a big deal. Thankfully, there's an easy, all-encompassing answer. There's a company called Beauty Counter, and they were founded on a mission to make skincare and makeup products that are safe for your skin. Every single ingredient is extensively tested to not burden your body and support your skin health. You can shop with us at melanieavalon.com slash beautycounter. And if you use that link, something really special and magical might happen after you place your first order. If you'd like to learn more about Safe Beauty and also get a ton of amazing discounts and free things from me, 
definitely get on my clean beauty email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash clean beauty. Not sure which beauty counter products to try? I also just made a whole series of online quizzes to match you to your perfect product. Those are at melanieavalon.com slash beauty counter quiz. So here's to fasting clean inside and out. All right, now enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 182 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? Well, I'm a little bummed because it's so much the change of seasons. You know how much I love summer. I love it. I'm wearing jeans. I'm still not wearing shoes, though. So (laughs) I was playing in my closet today, you know, like looking at, you know, it's not time to switch it out yet. It's still warm enough, but it was like 76 here. But I have these shorts. Have I ever talked about my Gap shorts from the 90s that I still have? Maybe. Refresh my memory. Well, I don't know why I saved these shorts. It was before I had kids. It was these Gap shorts. They're size 8 from like 1995, I'm guessing. It shows how sizes have changed so much over time. Because in college, I was probably about the same weight I am now. I might be a little smaller now, but I don't know. But in college, I was a size eight. So sizes have... Oh, changed big time. Yeah. Vanity sizing. So like what would an eight be now? So like now... Well, look, just for a perspective, these are size eight from the gap from, like I said, about 95. And they're too big for me everywhere except the waist. The waist fits me. So I have the same size waist that I had when I was 25 years old, which is awesome. But the butt and the thighs are just giant. But again, also, they're pleated and they're khaki shorts. I mean, the clothes we wore back in that era were just not attractive. I feel like, yeah. Pleated khaki shorts. I mean, they're like a bell. I mean, they're, they are not cute. But the waist fits me perfectly. But they're size eight. And like I'm sitting here right now in size zero jeans that the waist fits. So, yeah. So they're similar size, but those are an eight compared to a zero now. Yes. Well, I mean, they are too big for me, except in the waist. But, you know, I think a lot of things now have relaxed waists. Yeah. Wow. So back then, a zero must have been like... I don't remember anyone being a zero. Like, really, I don't remember it. I don't remember people even being a zero. Did they even have zero? I'm not sure it was. I know when I was like 12 years old, I was tiny. Okay, tiny. My mother got remarried. And I was uh, like a flower girl. Kind of, it was this tiny little wedding, but I had a, a Gunny Sacks brand dress. This is like from the 80s, okay? Early 80s, maybe even late 70s, this brand, Gunny Sacks. It was like this folk kind of style with ribbon and all that. And I think I was a size three. I was like 12 and tiny. Because kid sizes are in like th- one, three, five. This is like junior size. Oh, okay. This junior size three, like someone who wears a five or a seven now versus, you know, but I was itty bitty and wearing a three. I mean, I haven't been able to wear junior sizes though ever since I really went through puberty. I've always been, you know, in the even sizes because I'm, I'm curvier. I remember going to like Paris and the sizes there are like really different. Yeah. They're probably more like what it used to be here. Probably what it used to be here in like the 50s or something, really. (laughs) Probably. But sizes have changed so much. And every time I pull out those shorts, it's hilarious. I have a pair of jeans from The Gap that I wore in the early 2000s. It was after I finished having kids and I lost the weight back. It was in the unfortunate diet pills era. But I felt really good in these jeans. They're size four. No, wait, no, 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 they're size six. That was a lie. They're size six from the gap. And they're like mom jeans. They're big in the waist. So, you know, I'm smaller now than I was during the diet pill days, but they're hilarious fitting too. And the gap was just not having good good clothes and I was buying them up apparently. <laughs> For shirts, like, because I'm a pretty small person, but I like all my like t-shirts and stuff. I always like like extra larges or extra, extra larges. Especially because, you know, brands want to send us stuff and they want to send shirts a lot. And they're like, what size? And I'm like, extra large. And they're, they're like, and I'm like, small. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them being big. I don't like being confined. I don't like clothes, actually. <laughs> I don't like feeling confined, but I like things to fit me. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I mention one thing since we're talking about clothes? I just got 
um, new company from LA. They're making grounding shoes. I am so excited. I can probably get them to send you a pair if it's something you're interested in. I would love to try their shoes. I will get on that. So for listeners, they only make sandals, but I just got my pair and I'm so excited because what I had been using was like these grounding strips. I don't know if they actually work. For those who don't know what we're talking about, it's basically so that when you walk on natural earth, the ions and the earth. It's something to do with like the energy of the earth. And it's not like some woo thing. Like it's very much real. Like, (laughs) well, no, my husband, who's an organic chemist, things have charges. I mean, every time you have static electricity or thunder, lightning, that's static, that's energy being transferred. So we know scientifically that energy transfers. That's not woo woo. It's real. We see it. And by being on the like natural earth, it has like a very natural healing effect on the body compared to when we're constantly not actually touching the ground. So it's beneficial to get yourself grounded, which you do by walking outside like barefoot. But if you have shoes on, obviously you're not touching the ground. That's why they made these grounding shoes that they conduct the charge from the earth to your body. So they're really cool. I got really excited. I'll put a link because I think I have a discount for them too. So I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Well, the reason I brought up the clothes, in case everybody's like, why are we talking about the Gap clothes from the 90s? But the point is that people get so caught up in sizes, and it's just kind of meaningless the way things are sized. You know, I have things in my closet that fit me zero to four. If I go to my old clothes, six and eight, you know, (laughs) if you go to a vintage store, sizes are going to be really different. So you got to just not worry about the sizes. Easier said than done. Yeah, actually, Jen, we have a question since we're talking about all of this scales and weighing and wait, let me say that again. Since we're talking about all this sizes and what it all means, this wasn't on the lineup for today, but how would you feel if I do a surprise question? That would be awesome. I would love a surprise question. Okay. Because I've been wanting to do this question for a while. So I feel like it's appropriate right now with everything that we're talking about. So our first question comes from Nicole. The subject is product you may love and questions. And Nicole says, hi, Jen and Melanie. Thank you so much for your awesome podcast. Jen, I love your down to earth personality and Melanie, I adore your curious mind. First off, I wanted to share with you a product for your listeners, especially the ones that have a fear of the scale. I own a zero scale. It's a digital scale that sets your weight at zero and tells you up or down pounds. It doesn't reveal your weight. I'm not sure this exact scale is around, but I've seen similar items and I've attached a link and she attached a link to a scale called Shapa. When we got this email, Jen was like, I want to talk about this. So Jen, would you like to talk about this? I have no idea what this is. Yes. I'm so glad you pulled that one out today because I have a Shapa scale. You know how I said I haven't weighed myself since 2017? Well, it's both true and now false. It's true that I have no idea what the number is because the Shapa numberless scale does not show you your number. Well, you can set it to show you your number, but I have set my not to show my number. If you get this scale, everybody, do not sync it with Apple Health or it will show you your number on Apple Health. People are like, oh no, it's showing me the number. So we were just having this conversation, in fact, my moderators today about weight maintenance and the scale going up and down. You know, if you're in maintenance, you're going to be within a weight range, which means that your weight might fluctuate within even a 10-pound range and you're not gaining weight or losing weight. But you get on the scale and it's up five pounds from yesterday, and then you have this panic of, am I gaining weight? What's happening? Because we know the only thing that matters is your overall trend. So in all of my books, I wrote about weighing daily, and then once a week, you calculate a weekly average. And you only compare the weekly averages, and that will really save your sanity. But you still have to see the the fluctuations of like today you're up five pounds and it freaks you out a little bit. At least it did me. So that's why I threw my scale away and I haven't gotten on a scale from 2017 until today. I mean, not today, but I mean like the past six weeks. So over three years not standing on any kind of scale. Well, someone told me about the Shapa scale I've been raving about it in my Facebook groups. But if you go to myshapa.com, 
it tells you all about it. Now, the creator of this scale, I don't know how to say his last name. His name is Dan Ariely, A-R-I-E-L-Y. That's how I'm saying it. That could be so wrong. If it is Dan, I'm sorry. He's the creator of Shapa. He actually is a professor of psychology and behavioral economics from Duke University. And his TED Talks have been viewed over 15 million times. I'm reading this off their website now. I just went to it real quick. And he's written three New York Times bestsellers. And in 2018, he was named one of the 50 most influential living psychologists in the world. Okay, so this guy, I wanted to say that to let you know that he knows what he's doing with psychology. And so, like, for me... The thought of having a scale with numbers really gives me anxiety because if I got on the scale and I didn't like the number, it would make me want to diet or make me want to, you know, do certain things. It's just, you know, any of us who have been obese or overweight, we have this panic that we're going to regain all the weight, even though I've been maintaining since 2015, seeing a number on the scale could really upset me. You know, it's it is what it is. So the scale does not show you a number unless you set it to. It only gives you color feedback. So for the first 10 days, you stand on it and you have to do it twice a day while it's calibrating. You get on it in the morning. You have to have the app open on your smartphone. You get on it. You get off of it. Then you do it again in the evening. You get on, you get off. And then after about 10 days, it could take a few more than 10. It took me 10. You start seeing colors. And the color lets you know what your trend is doing. So if you get green on your app, that means your weight is maintaining over time. If you get teal, that means you're losing a little weight. You're on a slight downward trend. Blue means you're on a a really good solid downward trend. And there's a couple of shades of gray you could get, which shows that your trend is going up. Now, some people are like, well, how does that help? Because what if you got on one day and it was green and the next day it was gray and the next day it was blue? And that's not how it works. So that wouldn't happen. (laughs) Remember that Dan is a professor of psychology. So he understands the fluctuations are the problem. So he doesn't just give you fluctuating color. It does complicated statistics, and it only shows you what your actual trend with all this complicated math is doing. So, you know, if you get on, it's not going to just give you random fluctuation colors. So that's why, I mean, I've just loved getting on it. It coincided with the month that I had first given up drinking for a week, a week, a month, no alcohol for a month. So I actually, the first color I got was green the first day based on my calibration. But then after that, I've been slowly teal. I've been slowly losing some weight, some of the bloat that I guess I put on over the increased baking and drinking of the pandemic. (laughs) The only change I've made is, you know, not drinking. And I've been on a, a solid teal. So I'm losing a little little bit of that pandemic fluff that, that may have come on. But that's the thing that's so fabulous for me. I don't have any nervousness about stepping on it. I'm not worried. You know, even if it showed me gray, which it showed my trend was going up, I would be like, all right, time to reverse this trend. But it, it, it's different than that number. So anyway, if anyone's interested, go to myshapa.com. And I actually have partnered with them because I love them so much. As soon as I read about it, I got it. And then I started like badgering them with emails till they finally returned my email. And I'm like, I really, really, really want to have you know a relationship with y'all for my podcast because I think that this could be life-changing. There are a lot of people like me that are absolutely terrified of the scale and don't want to see that number. It might be crazy. You know, maybe if I was 100% healthy, I wouldn't care, but there's still that emotion tied up in it. And, you know, Dan, the behavioral psychologist agrees. A lot of people really don't do well with that. So if you go to myshapa.com and you use the promo code IFSTORIES, which is associated with my Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast. With the program, you sign up for their program, and it's like a yearly subscription to their app, but then they send you the scale for free, and you save $30 on the program. And after the year is over, the year that you've signed up for, you do not have to renew, and you can continue to use the app. It doesn't, like, stop working. You don't have to renew anyway. It's super awesome, and I am weighing on it every day. I don't know how much I weigh, but... I don't need to. That is really cool. I had never heard of this before. And so what does it look like? Does it look like a normal scale? It doesn't have a window. It just, it's like a round disc 
and it has like these little silver crescents that you step on. And so you step on them and it reads, you know, what's happening. It it also claims that it is reporting the changes in your body composition, not just your raw weight, you know. So if you're gaining, if you're building muscle but losing fat, it, it should adjust for that, I think, based on what I've read, because it's it's checking your whole body composition and looking for positive changes. It does not reveal, you know, what the colors mean as far as how much you're losing. It just shows you the overall trend. But I'm really enjoying it. From someone who said, I'll never have a scale again, you know, I've got it. And I feel like the whole time I've gone through menopause, by the way, I am two weeks away from officially being able to say I'm done with menopause, <laughs> which is or through it on the other side because you have to go a year. But, you know, you worry when you have lost over 80 pounds, you worry that one day, you know, maybe it's going to be menopause, maybe it's going to be too much wine, but all of a sudden you're going to balloon back up again and, you know, gain all the weight back. So now for the rest of my life, I'll be able to get on the scale and not have that fear of, oh, no, am I secretly gaining weight or my pants a little tight? I'll, I'll know. Well, actually, to your point, Nicole, the follow-up sentence was she says, I have anxiety about numbers and this has been life-saving. So, yeah, she's got the zero scale. And I don't know that talk that tells you whether you're up or down pounds. I don't know that I'd like that. Because remember, if I got on it and it said, you're up five pounds, I think I would start to cry. I wouldn't like my scale telling me I was up five pounds or down two pounds. I don't want to hear any numbers, which is why I like Shapa so much. I don't hear numbers. I don't hear anything. I just only see that nice little blue or the teal or the the green. And I don't even know. I wonder if it tells you like the actual pound or if it just is like up. I wouldn't want to hear up. I mean, it, it, see, it feels like to me you would get on it and it would just tell you whether you were up or down. And if I ever, I just know me. You know, I, I weighed for the first year of maintenance. I weighed. But every time I got on and it was up, I panicked in, in my brain, even though I was like, all right, it, it's okay. Every time I saw up, it made me feel, ugh. So, and when it went down, I was like, whoo, you know. But not even having to know the fluctuations, just knowing what the overall trend is doing, it's just, a breath of fresh air. And so anyway, to get me to have a scale again is pretty incredible. But And the company's been great. So I'm a huge fan. And myshapa.com, promo code IFstories. Awesome. Yeah. You should get one too. You actually convinced me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go get one right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could see what's happening. But you don't have to worry about the number. I like colors too. I like colors, too. They have one that's like white. That's the one I got. It's like a wood tone white. And then they have like a grayish, blackish white. And then they have an oaky kind of... No, not the blackish is not white. I don't know why I said white. It's a blackish kind of wood tone, grayish, blackish. Anyway, white, black, wood tone. But they all have like wood graining. It looks really pretty in the bathroom. Can I say one thing about colors just because it made me think of it? Yes. (laughs) Yesterday, I saw a rainbow And then I think I literally contemplated the nature of rainbows for like an hour. I was like Googling and like reading all about rainbows. And then I was reading about linguistic relativity, which is my new favorite thing. I don't even know what that is. I think we've actually talked about it before. It's like the idea that we can only understand things we have words for. So like, you know, different cultures can see different colors based on what words they have colors for. Wow. That's cool. It's really cool. And then my mind was being blown. I was like, wait, so like what colors can I see? (laughs) that other people can't see because we don't have a word for it. And then there's the wrinkle of, I've talked about before, I guess, Chad having that weird colorblindness. Remember me talking about that? Or did I? How he can't see. He's got the blue-yellow color, some crazy, I don't know, I'd never heard of. We've all heard of red-green colorblindness, but I had never heard of, well, I assume we all have. I had never heard of the blue-yellow. It's driving me crazy, though, Melanie. He sees things so differently. Like, we got some art, and he can't see it right. And I'm like, what is your problem? (laughs) So, you know, I was like, it's beautiful. It looks perfect in here. He's like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, no. I'm like, I want him to see and love the environment that he lives in, too. So that's what's hard. So I'm not dealing with someone who sees it properly. So I am having to make my house look good to someone who sees it differently than me. Because I care about how he, he feels in the home. That's tricky. Hi, friends. I am so incredibly excited about what I'm about to share with you. 
So October is National Seafood Month, and you guys know I am a huge fan of seafood for its outstanding health benefits. Fish can be a wonderful source of protein and nutrients with especially favorable omega-3-6 ratios. The problem is that our modern oceans are polluted, and many, if not most fish that you can buy is contaminated with mercury, along with antibiotics and other hormone-disrupting chemicals. And guys, this is a big deal. I had mercury toxicity. I know. Trust me. I know. That's why I am so honored, so grateful to tell you about my favorite fish on the planet that doesn't come with any of these problems. It's Australis barramundi. They raise their fish responsibly for the health of both us and the environment. Barramundi is a lean white fish with the highest omega-3 content of any white fish. And wait for it, because of the raising practices utilized by Australis, their barramundi is tested to be free of mercury and antibiotics. And it tastes amazing. It's tender and lean, yet really satisfying with a whopping 32 grams of protein. It honestly melts in your mouth. I am just obsessed with this fish. Australis Barramundi frozen skinless portions are available nationwide at Whole Foods, Albertsons, Sprouts, Mariano's, Fresh Time, Instacart, and more. And of course, we have a special offer just for our listeners. Our listeners can get $2 off any in-store purchase made before the end of the year. To get your free coupon, just go to better.fish slash IF2020 to claim yours. Again, that's better.fish slash IF2020 to get your $2 off in-store coupon. I am obsessed with Australia's. I know you guys asked me a lot, what was that fish that you're talking about that you love? This is it. Australia's Barramundi. Definitely, definitely try it out. All right, now back to the show. Well, back to Nicole's question. Anyway, I, I was so excited when I read that question when it said Shapa, the, the link that she gave to Shapa numberless scale. I was like, whoa! Just for listeners, I go through and categorize all the questions and occasionally Jen will pop in her thoughts. And if it's like really important to her, she makes it very known. So with this one, she was like, I was just so excited. She was like, I must talk about this. So yeah, from the rest of Nicole's email, she says, now to my fasting question. I've mostly stayed at an average weight since puberty, but always struggled to lose 20 pounds, which would put my five foot six frame at around 130, 135. I've gone up and down with those 20 pounds throughout my life, but around four years ago, I was able to get to 133 effortlessly. I am 42. The only thing I changed at the time that I can remember was eating more lentils and broccoli, LOL. A year and a half ago, I got two tooth infections, had to have a wisdom teeth removed and a root canal. The wisdom tooth surgery was a coronectomy, awful pain, and I basically lived with clove essential oil in my mouth for two months. The root canal was regular, but I had to go on antibiotics for prevention. I'm pretty sure I'll be doing holistic dentistry from now on. After these instances, weight crept on and I was back up to 155, even though no eating habits had changed. I had tried all my tricks of the past, but nothing worked. After a trial with keto, which did not end successfully, I came across IF and started studying the science behind it. That's where I found all three of your podcasts. Happy to report I started IF in February of this year. I fasted completely clean and I can easily do a window of 16 to 20 hours, give or take that awful mid-March to May time. I've noted many non-scale victories. Rosacea is gone aches are gone, energy, etc. but I've not lost weight. I had an awful time in the beginning, which is what I think was my body detoxing, awful menstruation, skin issues, etc. but it all worked itself out. I'm eating less than I ever have now and healthier. My diet is well-rounded, 90% clean, organic, wheat, dairy, and egg-free by choice. I'm incredibly in tune with my body and I know something is still missing even with all the health benefits. I also have hypothyroid and I am working on finding a new endocrinologist who do extensive testing since my current doctor will not run these tests. I can't find anyone local to run proper and extensive hormone testing, but I'm trying to find a telehealth doctor. I will continue to investigate these issues, but can there be anything I'm missing from my teeth incidents that can clue you to what path I should take? Considering it's when I saw a huge change in weight that happened so quickly, I've cut alcohol during the week, lowered carbs, changed windows, meditated, tapped, and tried changing what I ate, bought a glucose monitor to track as well. I feel like I'm obsessing, but getting this under control, especially since losing this weight before menopause is very important to me. Any help, advice is appreciated. If patience is key, I'll get there. I haven't done ADF, can't seem to get there, but if that is what it takes, dot, 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 
You both to me are masterminds at figuring these things out. I'm hoping you give me some suggestions as to what to do. I am celebrating the non-scale victories and the health benefits, but losing weight to me, especially since I know I was at that 135 range for a long time is very important. Thank you so much for all you guys do. You are my favorite podcast to listen to and are a super team. XOXO, Nicole from New Jersey. So, well, Nicole, it is great to hear from you. And that struggle, I can totally understand when you've been maintaining for, you know, your whole life. You know, even though you had to go up and down a little bit, you could always get there. And then all of a sudden, nothing is working. And I think it's great that you can pinpoint that turning point when you had that dental work and you had to go on to antibiotics for prevention. We hear that kind of thing a lot. You know, people have a turning point with their health. Often it involves some kind of medication. Sometimes it might be steroids. For you, it was antibiotics. And that causes something in your body to change. And then all of a sudden, your weight is really different on the other side of that event. You know, I've talked before about a friend of mine who had food poisoning. And then after that, she could not keep the weight on. She could not maintain her weight. Her weight just went down and down and down and down for like forever. She was like getting skinnier and skinnier and trying to eat more, trying to put the weight on, and she could not. I tell this story again to illustrate that that affected her gut microbiome and something in there shifted. And so whatever that population was, she could not use her food properly and she could not gain the weight at all. She had to really work. It took her, I don't know, over a year to rebuild her gut microbiome and and get her health back to where she could maintain what was a healthy weight for her. So I would really think about focusing on rebuilding your gut microbiome. And, you know, I understand the importance of it, but I am not a gut microbiome rebuilding expert. Dr. Ruscio, how do you say it? Ruscio, Michael Ruscio, is that his name? Dr. R- Michael Ruscio, Healthy Gut, Healthy You. Healthy Gut, Healthy You. That was the name of the book. He came on our podcast, gosh, was it 2017 or 2018? It was a while ago. I've had him on mine too since then, but yeah, he's great. He's great. And his book lays out like some different things to try because his goal is to get your gut back to where it needs to be, building things back up. So I believe it can be done after watching my friend go through that and how she was able to heal. But it's really, really important. A lot of it is trial and error. Do you have anything to add about that? That was exactly what I was going to say. The gut microbiome plays such a huge role, and it really can, for so many people, I think, be the defining factor in making this shift between, you know, struggling with your weight or not struggling with your weight. I'm actually reading a book right now. Have you heard of Joel Green? I don't think so. I heard him on Ben Greenfield's podcast, and it was like a two-part podcast, and the stuff he was saying was like the most mind-blowing stuff ever. I think I talked about him briefly on this podcast. He was saying how all the problems with yo-yo dieting and how losing weight, was it losing or gaining weight? How like one of those actually like damages the fat cells or damages your body to lose and gain weight. In any case, I'm reading his book right now and I just started it and it's a doozy. What's it called? It's called The Immunity Guide. His theory, and like I said, just started it, but his theory is that all of this goes back to our immune cells and how they're reacting to things and whether it's inflammatory, not inflammatory, and that like the gut microbiome plays a role in that. Apparently, his book has a whole plan to fix it. The reason I brought it up is that when there are foundational shifts in the body, it's hard to know what's what, but the shift itself can create change. Like with the microbiome, how your body reacts to all of that can change. So you might start having, you know, chronic inflammation and reactions to everything, whereas you did before. And it's really hard to lose weight in an inflamed state. It's a lot harder. In any case, I like what Jen said. I would say something to focus on, especially since you don't want to go like the ADF route. I do think focusing on the gut microbiome would be the way to go. And the cool thing is there's not like one answer to that. I mean, well, people will say there's one answer. Don't we know that? But people seemingly quote, fix their microbiome or get it back to a healthy state on a variety of diets. You know, some people feel like they do that through a keto approach, some people through a higher carb approach. That's why I do really love Dr. Ruscio's Healthy Gut, Healthy You, because it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Like he goes through the science of everything and then like a plan, but it's not one plan. Like pretty much every other book out there is like one plan. (laughs) 
Right. Like, here is the one thing that's wrong with everyone. Just do this. Yeah. And like, do this plan. So occasionally it'll be like, oh, maybe skip this step or this step. But his is very much like, if you're this, start here. If you're this, start here. Then when this happens, go here. So it's like, it's very individualized. Yes. And which is what I loved about it. Yeah. And it's also almost macronutrient agnostic. Like he does talk about how a lot of people do need to start low carb just because, you know, they can't tolerate the carbs because of all the the dysbiosis or their metabolic health or whatever. But he's very much like about finding the carb level that works for the individual. And so it's all different carb approaches as well. So yeah, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. I would say definitely, definitely probably try that out. And it's so great that you're, you know, are experiencing all these other great non-scale victories. Which actually to that point, I think I've said something a little bit misleading because I was saying, you know, it's really hard to gain weight if you're in a constantly inflamed state. But other non-scale victories indicate to me inflammation is going down because your rosacea is gone, aches are gone, energy, et cetera. So that's really exciting. Sounds like your body's really benefiting from this. I do think like with tweaks and patients, even like she says, you can definitely find your way. Yeah. And there's also, you know, the other factors that, you know, she's hypothyroid is also an issue. That could be something too, you know, it it all just kind of goes together. Yeah. I'm really glad actually that you pointed out the the hypothyroid thing. I totally meant to talk about that because that could definitely be huge. She does say that she's working on finding a new endocrinologist since her doctor won't run the tests. Well, she sounds like she's aware about the tests that are needed. Nicole, you could check out our interview with LRAS all about the thyroid. But yeah, if you're not on the right dose for thyroid medication or don't have that addressed, then it can definitely be really hard to lose weight. But in any case, it really sounds like you are on the right track. You're seeing lots of benefits, like non-scale victories, like we talked about. And I really think that patients, like you said, and trying some things, and I'm sure you can get there. And also, you know, thinking about ADF, if you wanted to try an up-down day approach that's more of like a mild up-down day, you know, you could do a one-hour window and then more of a long window the next day and then a one-hour window. And so it's it's not like full-on ADF, but you're kind of giving it that up and down-ish kind of pattern. So, you know, try that and see. I love it. All right. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. All right. So the next question is from Cherie, and the subject is bi-optimizer confusion. I am doing IF, and it is going slowly but steadily. Listening to your podcasts is a good inspiration and motivation for me. My question is on the Bioptimizer products. I would like to add in a product one at a time, but don't know where to start or what is best for me. I am 60, fairly healthy, sugar's a bit high, but coming down. I sleep okay, am fairly calm. From the podcasts and all the reading I have done on their products, it sounds like I may benefit from several products, but my primary focus should start with helping to lose weight. What would be your thoughts? Thanks, Cherie. All right, Cherie. So fantastic question. Definitely, if you're not in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, definitely join there because people talk about bioptimizers like every single day. But I know it can be confusing because they have a lot of supplements. And for listeners, we've had Wade and Matt, the, the founders on the podcast, what, like three times now? Two or three times? Yeah, I think it's three. Three? I think so. We had Wade by himself, then we had them both together. Did we have Wade by himself twice? I know we've had him together twice. I don't know. Yeah, I think we had them both together twice. And Wade, we might have had them four times. I don't know. We've had them a lot. I just love them, though, because they coexist with such different dietary regimens and acknowledge that we're all different. Those are my favorite people. Yes, because Wade is like plant-based, vegetarian. I think he's still vegetarian. And... Matt is like keto, like carnivore at times, <laughs> like they're like complete opposites. But they realize that our bodies are so unique. And their main thing is that the root of a lot of issues are in the gut, which is what we were talking about earlier. And that, you know, addressing that and getting our digestion in order can be so huge for just everything and per- performance, health, everything. I remember Wade made a comment on, I think when we interviewed him and it's something that has like stuck with me to this day. And he said, people confuse the results with the change. Then this has haunted me, but it was basically the idea that, you know, oftentimes people will 
make a, a drastic dietary change and they'll lose weight or things will get better, but then they'll plateau or things will even get worse. But they think because all of the results happened when they made that drastic dietary change, they think that dietary change was the answer when really it was most likely like it was probably like pulling something out of their diet or adding something in. But that actual paradigm shift wasn't like the be all end all that like the quote is just like haunted me to this day. But in any case, so for the confusion, because they do make a lot of stuff. So none of their stuff is, is like a weight loss thing because they're not like a weight loss pill. It, like I said, it's more holistic. So if the reason you're struggling with your weight or struggling with your health is because you're not digesting things, for example, they make like digestive enzymes that can help you digest your food. They make P3OM, it's a probiotic. It's a proteolytic strain, meaning it actually breaks down protein, has antiviral properties. It's one of the few probiotics. Actually, it's probably like the only probiotic I've consistently will take or turn to. Could also probably recommend it for Nicole as well. So we'll put links to that in show notes. They make a keto supplement called Capex for people doing ketogenic diets. Somebody actually just posted it in the Facebook group, my Facebook group the other day about it. They were like, this is like a game changer. In what way? I guess they were doing keto for a long time and like not digesting their food well or like not feeling energy from it, from the keto diet. And they started taking it and they said that they were digesting food better, that they had like amazing energy and that it was like basically, it was like the answer to making the keto diet work for them, which is the reason they make that supplement. And then they make magnesium because magnesium is super important for stress. It's one of the one, I don't actually, I don't want to say one of the one because the book I'm reading right now is talking about how we're depleted in like all micronutrients, but it's probably like one of the primary nutrients that we really need more of. And we just don't get enough of because of our modern soils and modern food. So they make a really comprehensive magnesium supplement that again, in my group, people talk about all the time about just being a game changer. But Sherry, so none of them are to help you lose weight. They're to help you get your body back into balance so that you can lose weight naturally in a way. Definitely join my Facebook group and ask your question there because people will give you lots of opinions and you can probably get more specific answers. Yeah. And it really just depends on issues that you're having and what you need. You know, we don't all need the same supplements. We don't all need everything that Bioptimizer sells. You might need one of their things or two of their things or zero of their things. <laughs> but don't feel like, well, I've got to get their entire catalog of things. You have to figure out what do you need. You know, I've told this story before. Maybe not everyone has heard it, but a friend of mine takes some supplement and she was like, this supplement is the one that's changed my life. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should try that. I would like to change my life. And I started taking it and it made me feel worse and worse and worse. And then I started researching it and it is based on like a genetic thing that she's got and I don't. And it was the wrong supplement for me. So never take a supplement just because someone else is having great results with it. It might be totally wrong for you. And we talked about this last week, Jen. I'm more and more of the opinion of like minimal supplements, like less supplements rather than more. Like I would prefer 100% that we could just get all of our nutrients from food and like never need a supplement ever again. That's why actually, if you look at what Bioptimizers makes, it's not actually with the exception of magnesium, which is a nutrient. Like their main thing is digestive enzymes and, and HCL. So it's something that is helping you digest your food. Yeah, it supports digestion. Well, in the dream world, nobody would need digestive support because they could just radically digest everything. But a lot of us do because of our, our gut situation, the foods we're eating, our environment, like our vagus nerve is just all out of whack. <laughs> so that can be really helpful. And then like the other one, they make like probiotic, which is different than like a, a nutrient per se. And then like, like I said, the only really nutrient they do is like magnesium. I think they have like a mineral supplement. In the dream world, we would not need any. Although I will say I plugged this last week, but Jen... I'm taking NR and NMN again, and I swear it's like changing my life. Like, why did I stop? <laughs> and I'm pretty simple. I just take my magnesium at bedtime, and I take, there's one multivitamin that I take with my dinner, and that's it. Just, you know, and really it's because I do try to eat a wide variety of foods and, you know, hope to get everything I need from my foods. But this, it's a really good high quality multivitamin. They actually sponsor my podcast. So, other than that, though, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm about to interview, and I mentioned this last time, but the Caltons who wrote Rebuild Your Bones, although not, now they have me worried because they're talking about studies where apparently there was one study where they challenged 
dietitians to make a diet like in, in different categories. Like I think like, I don't know what it was. I think one was like Atkins and one was like Dash and one was, I don't know, there was different ones and they were challenged to make a diet that would fulfill like all micronutrients and be quote palatable, which may be the key. Maybe that's the key, but be quote palatable and be a certain amount of calories and none of the dietitians could do it. I was like, oh, that's disconcerting. <laughs> so yeah. Hi friends. So you guys know I'm always working on naturally managing stress levels. Life can be a little bit stressful these days. Don't I know it? And I'm always trying to find the best tools to address that. While I love things like meditation, mindfulness, vagus nerve treatment, and all of that, it turns out there's a supplement that can be incredible for stress and anxiety, also pain and sleeplessness, and a lot of other things. That would be CBD oil. CBD oil is so incredible because it works on your natural endocannabinoid system to regulate it. It's not making you need more of the substance to feel better. Rather, it's helping you feel better naturally. There's no high, no hangover, no addiction. I think it is so wonderful that CBD is becoming available to the public now, but the problem with that is that it's sort of everywhere, and that means there's a lot of CBD products on the market that you don't want to be taking. It's really important, in my opinion, that your CBD meets all of my stringent criteria, that it's high quality, full spectrum, tested for potency, organic, and made with an organic MCT oil carrier. Would you believe I've only found one company that fits all of that? That would be Feels. I adore feels. It's almost shocking if I feel a little bit of tension rising or some stress getting to me. I can take feels and within minutes, I will feel a sense of calm and often be laughing. It's really, really crazy. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. I will never not have feels in my quote medicine cabinet because it's that effective. And they have an incredible offer for our listeners. This offer is just insane. So you can actually become a member and get 50% off your first order. Yes, 50% off, not making that up. Just go to feels.com slash IF podcast. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash I-F-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels really has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Again, feels.com slash I have podcast, F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash I-F-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. And by the way, you can pause or cancel that membership at any time. So don't worry. (laughs) This doesn't have to be a commitment, although you'll probably find yourself reordering because it's that amazing. Again, feels.com slash I have podcast. All right. Now back to the show. In any case, shall we go on to our next question? Yes. All right. So we have a question from Laura. The subject is weekend sabotage. Laura says, hi, ladies. So thankful I found you. What when wine started all this for me? Feeling great, but would love to lean out, but crave tough workouts and that muscular look. Would you be able to explain what effect alcohol on the weekends is doing to my body? I will be honest. I am not just having a glass of wine on the weekends on my up days. Definitely more than that but wondering what the science is behind alcohol on the weekends. Here's a typical week for me. I've been IFing since March of 2019, Monday through Thursday, one meal a day, 24, always a whole 30 meal. It is a struggle on Monday though, but I power through. Friday, I fast till we go out around six, but eat and drink whatever I want, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but smaller portions because I know I'll be eating three meals, not whole 30, until Sunday afternoon around 2 p.m., then have a healthy dinner, whole 30. I work out four to five days a week, including rowing, running, Peloton, and weights, a variation of these options all week, plus walk the dogs four to five times a week, one to two miles a day. I'm totally stuck and I'm not losing weight. I am at a healthy weight, but definitely squishy in the middle. I read fast, feast, repeat, and I think I will try some things out of the toolbox with messing around with the length of my window and up and down days, but I'm still curious what my Friday nights to Sunday afternoon is doing scientifically, glycogen stores, insulin, etc. I've also been listening to Melanie talk about Seamland and muscle building tips. I track my activity with my Apple watch and it says I burn 2,200 to 2,500 calories a day, which I don't think I'm eating in one meal a day. So I recently added last week, a protein shake to open my window to help get more protein in during my eating window. I'm five feet, five inches, 45 years old, newly retired middle school teacher, Jen, my hubby. And I typically don't drink during the week, Monday through Thursday. 
I weigh on Friday mornings and it takes me till Thursday the next week to get back to where I started. Ugh, thank you for all your research. And I, I admire both of your passions for health and educating people. Hugs from SoCal. I have so many thoughts about this question. <laughs> me too. And to be honest with you, I'm just going to say, Laura, you've probably heard me talk about, I don't know when this came in, in relation to when I've been talking about my month of no alcohol <laughs> and it, it's extending because I just feel so much better. Did I talk last time, Melanie, about how I drank for my predict study and then couldn't sleep and felt terrible? Yeah. I don't think I connected it to the predict study, but yeah. Okay. Oh, that's why I wanted to see what it did on my blood glucose meter. So I did it for science and then I felt awful again. And Oh yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I thought so. Basically, Laura, what just rocked my world recently was realizing that I am a slow alcohol metabolizer. And, you know, I talk about in Fast Feast Repeat how when I was trying to get to my initial goal weight in 2015, I delayed alcohol. It was about a 10-week period, and I was almost at my goal, and I wanted to lose, I think it was 20 more pounds to get there so I could buy all my spring clothes and just be that size and not have to, you know, buy different clothes. And spring was coming. So I, you know, delayed alcohol, meaning I didn't have any alcohol at all. And I also delayed ultra processed foods and I ate just whole foods, real foods, plenty of carbs, but like real potatoes, real beans, you know, lots of butter, sour cream, cheese, I just real food. And I lost about two pounds a week. And thinking back on that, now that I understand that I'm a slow alcohol metabolizer, it's really like it takes my body days after drinking to get back to a good fat-burning state. And you might say, well, how do you know that? Well, I went the whole month without any alcohol at all, and then I tested a couple glasses of wine at the beach with Chad. And you know, I'm using this breath ketone monitor that Melanie had them send me to play around with, and I can 100% see that it takes my body a while to get back into, you know, ketosis when I've had alcohol. So one big thing that jumps out at me is what you said, how it's a struggle every Monday, but you power through. So that indicates, you know, if you're sluggish and struggling, yeah, I always just assumed it was I'd refilled my glycogen storage. I just assumed that. But now I realize that even, you know, when I was at the beach with Chad, I didn't eat all that much. I waited till late in the day. I didn't have longer, relaxed vacation windows. Chad doesn't like to pay for a lot of money to go out to eat. So we ate at the condo, which made him really happy. And I like to cook. So that was fun. I didn't mind. So it wasn't like I had eaten a lot and refilled my glycogen stores. But then the same thing happened from just two glasses of wine. It took me a few days to really get back to normal. So I would like to challenge you to delay alcohol. Give it a month. I just want you to see. You'll know at the end of that month if it's making a difference or not. See how you feel on Monday. Don't change the weekend eating, just the drinking. And just I want you to try that experiment and then write back and let us know. I'm just so curious if it might be as huge for you as it is for me. I mean, I, I knew that it made a difference for me when I was losing weight. Now I have a hunch as to why. You know, I haven't been able to find a lot of science out there, a lot of people writing about this idea, this, you know, the whole idea of being a fast alcohol metabolizer or slow metabolizer, whatever. But I, th I think it could be an issue for a lot of people that maybe don't realize it. So this is funny because I'm probably going to say almost the exact opposite thing, but I think it's great because it's a lot of different approaches and we're also different. So I'll give you a, another perspective, Laura. Maybe you can try it all out and see what works for you personally, because like Jen said, we're all different. So when I read this, I see that you're doing one meal a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So not even one day, but the weekend, like she says, weekend sabotage. Well, she fasts till 6 p.m. on Friday. Okay. So Friday, normal, and then Saturday, all day. And then I'm assuming alcohol on Saturday. And then Sunday... She eats from two till dinner. Yeah. So still eating. So Saturday and Sunday. So alcohol added on Friday, assuming alcohol on Saturday evening, and then eating basically all day Saturday and Sunday. Well, Sunday she fasts until until Sunday afternoon around two and then have a healthy dinner. I'm not really sure what she does on Sunday. Sunday's confusing. She drinks whatever I want, breakfast, lunch, dinner, because they know I'll be eating three meals until Sunday afternoon around two. 
and then have a healthy dinner. Oh, it sounds like she does the non-Whole30 from like all day Saturday, Sunday, but then she jumps back into Whole30 Sunday evening. That's the way I'm reading it. Well, yeah, she does say Friday night to Sunday afternoon later. So you're right. that that She does say that later. Friday night through Sunday afternoon. So when I see this, I see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Whole30, one meal a day. Then Friday, one meal a day, but alcohol. And then, you know, eating, completely changing what you're eating and eating all day Saturday and eating all day Sunday with alcohol throughout on the weekend. So just seeing that objectively, the thing that really jumps out to me isn't the alcohol. It's the massive change in the food. I mean, it it could be just the alcohol, just like stepping back. And this is like a crazy thought experiment. And this is not meant to be taken literally. But if, for example, you ate what you normally eat whole 30, but all you did was add alcohol, even if you and don't do this is not what I'm saying. I'm just going to extremes to just like think about this. Even if you added like thousands and thousands and thousands of calories of alcohol, to your pre-existing Whole30, you wouldn't store any of that alcohol. It would not be healthy and it would not be a good thing to do, but that's not actually going to create weight loss compared to eating thousands and thousands of calories, which we don't know if you're doing, but switching from Whole30 to eating whatever you want, especially with our modern processed food, it's really easy to take in a lot of calories, especially if you're in this mindset of weekend, like no Whole30, like go big or go home. And you're not just going big or going home one day which can often be really helpful, especially for people, you know, fasting every single day, one meal a day, and then having like an off day. But this is sort of starting on a Friday night, going in all day Saturday, continuing Sunday and not going back to normal until Sunday. So that that's a long time to switch your food choices from non-inflammatory, you know, whole foods that even if they even say they're like the same amount of calories of, you know, more processed foods, you probably extract less calories from them. So this is like a huge food shift is what I'm seeing. And on top of that, if Whole30 is anti-inflammatory for you, the inflammation from food can also lead to a lot of weight gain just from like water retention and things like that. So what I would encourage you, alcohol could be playing, it's, it's ironic. I was even thinking it's possible that alcohol is might even be slightly protective of <laughs> weight gain because some people with alcohol actually are less likely to gain weight. Some more likely, but results are all over the board. And yes, it was a rodent study, but I'm just, my mind is still just being blown by that rodent study I read recently that came out this year pretty recently about rodents on diets fed, fed diets meant to make them gain weight. And when they had alcohol with it, they didn't experience the metabolic issues that they did when they weren't having alcohol. So my advice would be to change just one variable to determine what the cause is. So, I mean, well, there are a lot of ways you could go about this. Basically, what what this is saying to me is you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, I don't think you can continue in this pattern if you want to not gain weight or, you know, not have to take, it's just, it takes until Thursday to get back to normal. If you want to break out of this pattern, something's going to have to change. So, you can try a lot of things. You can try cutting out the alcohol and still eating the same and see what happens. You might start losing weight. You might not change. You might even gain more weight. You could try still eating three meals and eating all time, but keeping it whole 30 foods. That might be like a happy medium, even with alcohol. Maybe that's like a baby step to try. So like still doing it, but not just eating whatever you want, but eating whole 30, but eating whenever you want whole 30 with alcohol. You could try maybe still doing one meal a day, eating whatever foods you want, but adding alcohol. Like there are a lot of things you could try, but I wouldn't jump to the conclusion automatically that it's the alcohol. I think it's all of it together. (laughs) And for me, I would like to reiterate, I would try the alcohol first. Just from what I've learned about my own body, also alcohol makes me choose different foods. That's a point that, you know, you may find that just cutting out the alcohol for a month, suddenly you're not craving the eating and drinking all those things. That would be what I would start with. But let us know what you do and and what works. One last thought is taking in a lot of alcohol, obviously not good for the liver. You don't want to be over drinking and binge drinking and heavy drinking. Like that's not going to be healthy. That said, the long-term effects on like body weight or fat storage or things like that are not necessarily, because we don't know what she's eating, but if she's eating whatever she wants and it is things like processed foods, especially foods high in seed oils, high in inflammatory fats and in a calorie excess and in a gaining weight situation, 
those fats are like changing the composition of your fat cells if you're gaining weight. Actually, even not if you're gaining weight, if it's high in these inflammatory fats, it's a long-term change, like a long-term thing you gotta, you're gonna have to deal with compared to the short-term change of alcohol. There's just a lot more potential for like, quote, long-term damage, I think, unless you're like binge drinking crazy and you get psoriasis or something like that. Well, for me, just realizing two glasses of wine one night kept me from getting into deep ketosis for days versus I can eat more carbs and, you know, plenty of foods. And, you know, my diet's not as clean as yours by any means. I eat crackers out of a box. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm getting, you would probably die at the number of seed oils I, I have. And the alcohol has made a huge difference for me to the point that I'm a little shocked by it. I'm surprised at what a big difference it's made. I'm disappointed that my body doesn't do well with alcohol because I really enjoy it, but I'm feeling so good without it. No, and I I 100% get it. I I guess I just like to provide the other picture. Like I said, we know everybody's unique. So definitely, Laura, try it and like report back and let us know what works. I just think if you can have alcohol in your life, especially looking at epidemiological studies, so many long-lived populations who are lean, healthy, have moderate alcohol intake. If it can be a part of your life and it's something you enjoy, I want it to be a part of your life. And I guess I'm coming from the opposite perspective where I was drinking a lot of wine for a long time and was not an issue at all for my weight. And then I cut it out. I actually did gain weight when I cut it out. It probably wasn't related, but now I'm finally starting to drink wine again, and I'm so happy. And you're you're a fast alcohol metabolizer, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So see, I really think that that is a key that people, I don't think we know yet. I haven't been able to find anything. Maybe somebody knows. I just don't know. But to me, I really think that could be a huge factor. If someone is a slow alcohol metabolizer, that may be like the thing that's holding them back. I just know what a difference it's made for me all along And, you know, like the period of time when I lost weight the quickest was the period of time I wasn't drinking at all. But I recently, the only thing I made, the only change I've made is alcohol. I haven't changed what I'm eating. And my shape is showing me slow weight loss. That's a huge key. The only thing you change was alcohol. She's changing so much. She's changing the types of foods, the amount, the timing, and alcohol. That's four. No, but I mean, but she's maintaining in this range. She's with this protocol. What she's doing right now is she can't lose any weight. She's doing this protocol and her protocol is she eats really, really clean and then she stops for the weekend. But what I'm my point of what I was saying was I haven't changed what I'm eating. I only took out alcohol. Before when I was losing two pounds a week when I was trying to get to goal, I changed what I was eating and the alcohol. So but now the, my my point was to I'm trying to contrast those two times. Right now, I only took out the alcohol. I didn't change what I'm eating. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, sorry. I was talking about something else. You you were saying that that was the only factor, so it, it was the factor. For me, back in 2015, I took out alcohol and changed what I was eating. So I was eating really high-quality foods and not drinking, and I lost weight really quickly. Right now, I haven't changed what I've been eating from what I've been eating for the past year, I've been eating, you know, I did experiment with the lower fat a long time back this year just to see, but I feel better with more fat. But the only thing I've changed in the past two months is the alcohol. Yeah. Cause I guess, cause she changed four factors. She added alcohol. She's changing what she eats, how much she eats and when she eats. But what I'm saying is she needs to pick something to experiment with and, and pick one variable right now. So change one variable It's like what speaks to you and you can try different things, you know? So I was going to say, if you want to try to start, just change a few variables. I mean, you have to like, look at your week. So like, what is important to you on the weekends? Like that you want to keep in to make the weekend feel like a weekend. Is it the alcohol? Is it eating whatever type of food you want? Is it when you eat or is it how much you eat? Or is it a combination of those? And I would really think about it and try to find a happy medium where you can keep in what's most important to you and what makes you happiest on the weekends, but not doing all four of those because all four of those is not working. (laughs) Yeah, well, definitely. I want Laura to experiment and then write back and tell us what she tried and what worked. Yes. Let us know. 
Because you'll figure it out. There's a tweak that works. Oh, and we have to mention, though, if you do drink alcohol, dry farm wines. Please, please. I'm a big believer, too. I'm going to continue to drink alcohol here and there, just not as part of my daily life. I'm not going to be a drink-around-the-house kind of person, I don't think. But it's going to be dry farm because now Chad is also hooked on it. I just got my sister hooked on it. I'm so excited. Chad's a believer. I want to get my dad hooked on it because that's where I get my like love of wine from. And he's not like alcoholic or anything, but he drinks wine every night. And I'm just like, oh, need to get him drinking dry farm wines. Basically, their wines are low sugar, low alcohol. They're tested to be free of toxins, free of mold. They go all throughout Europe. There's no California wines or U.S. wines because none of the U.S. wines meet their standards. That's how pervasive pesticides are in the U.S., which is really upsetting, even on organic farms. So they go throughout Europe and they test individually all the wineries to find wines meeting their standards, even if the wineries don't necessarily have, you know, like an organic stamp. So you can get a bottle for a penny at dryfromwines.com slash podcast. You have to get used to it because it's so different than wine you're used to. But once you get used to it, you'll drink a, a standard wine. You're like, oh, at first, when you try the draw farm wines, you're going to say this is different. But it has a cleaner mouthfeel. It's so different. And one thing I want to point out, it's lower alcohol than standard wines, but it's still enough alcohol to bother me (laughs) if I drink too much of it or to drink it a lot. So yeah, yeah, all of their wine is 12.5% or less. So all right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. You can ask your own questions to us. Just directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. The show notes for today's episode, which we talked about a lot of things. So definitely check those out. The scale, the grounding shoes, dry farm wines, the studies, all the things. That'll be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 182. You can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. You can follow me. I'm at Melanie Avalon and you can follow Jen. She's Jen Stevens think that's all she wrote. Yep. That's all. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. I think that's it. All right. I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories, and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. The music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.